This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'm Randy Bushover. The show is designed to shine a spotlight on local business as a driving force in our lives. And if there's a local business or service you'd like to hear featured on the program, send me an email at randy.bushover at entercom.com. Joined for the segment by Dale Moulton, who represents the Taco Bells and KFCs of the region. He is a Director of Operations for Barrett, TB Incorporated, and BBG North LLC. Dale, thanks for joining us here. And uh, talk a little bit about how many Taco Bells, KFCs are you a part of? And, and what is your actual region? Because I understand it goes beyond the borders of Buffalo. Well, we have, uh, we have 11 restaurants here, soon to be 12. We're actually uh, getting ready to start construction on Elmwood. Uh, right out in front of the LA Fitness, we're gonna we're gonna build a brand new uh, KFC there. So that'll happen sometime early this spring. We're gonna start construction. We hope right after Christmas. Uh, our footprint here in this market, we have five freestanding Taco Bells, based Taco Bells, and we have four KFC Taco Bells. One that's uh, our furthest out is an Olean. We have a store in Springville, and of course we have our two KTs on Transit. The one out in front of the Target on Lawson and, and Transit, as well as the uh, store out in front of Lowe's on Maple Transit. So, you know, that, that represents our brand. Like I had mentioned before, we, uh, we share this market with another franchisee, KBP. They have some KFCs here as well. And that's a pretty substantial commitment, uh, regardless of how many there are. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the franchises themselves as, as the franchisee? Uh, how much does it take to run one restaurant, much less a handful like you have? Well, certainly young brands, you know, by design, they have systems and processes in place. You know, and you go through a process to become a franchisee and set up, uh, set up a business. So we at one point in time had restaurants in the south. We have liquidated those. Uh, so we had a wider footprint. So now we're really focused against the Buffalo market. There's a great, there's, it's a great deal of opportunity here for everybody. Uh, you know, certainly when, when you, I've been here now 11 years, and when I got here, there were no Cadobas, there were no Chipotles, uh, there was no Popeyes, and certainly, you know, it, it, as the way the world spins around the earth today, it's just, it's incredible the amount of. Uh, restaurants that are in this area mom and pops people are very loyal to their their, their brands here in buffalo so right i was just going to say uh, one of the biggest challenges is of course the competition and i'm i'm mindful that uh, as we sit here literally across the street you'll have a taco bell location that is in a prime spot because it's not that far from ub and i would mm -hmm. imagine a lot of students uh, go there and partake of the uh, selections on the menu well they do and you know it's when i got here again 11 years ago you know, Mighty Taco's got a real foothold here. They have approximately 20 restaurants. You know, and they've been in business for nearly 50 years. And, and certainly, uh, you know, we struggled to try to, to, to gain momentum against them. And it seems over the past few years, a, a great example over at Sweet Home, whereas there's so many kids from out of town, if they've never tried Mighty Taco and they've eaten Taco Bell, you know, they, they prefer us. Certainly the local folks, you know, that have grown up here and become accustomed to Mighty Taco love it. But they also, you know, we, we do very well here. So, you know, I'm happy to report that uh, there's, there's room for everybody. You know, there really is. So, And from the Kentucky Fried Chicken side of things, I know that uh, things have kind of waned because there were some spots uh, that are now closed here in the city. And in my hometown in Orleans County, Medina, there was one right on the corner, now a Rite Aid. Um, but this is... I guess, would you call it a heritage franchise? Because it's been around and so established, and how is it that things are now turning around and you guys are making the comeback? Well, I'll tell you, you know, KFC, it's, it's unique within, 
you know, it was started 60 years ago. Colonel Sanders was very involved. You know, there's seven regions in the country, and the Northeast, which we're a part of, is the largest within the system. So, you know, probably about eight years ago, KFC made a a conscious decision that they were going to rebrand, change their image, um, become more relevant to the younger consumer, um, have more items that are portable. You know, because when you think of KFC, you're really thinking about finger-licking good chicken that comes in a bucket. So anybody that's that's a consumer of KFC, whether it's frequent or lapsed, you know, you'll certainly you'll see a different look and, and just you'll see how the products package differently. And, you know, their goal is, is they brought the kernel back. He's on all the commercials now and they've rotated kernels, which is kind of neat. Uh, you know, so with that with that said, they've really worked hard to position themselves as a brand for everybody. And certainly people are very health conscious today. So. When you think of KFC, you're not, you know, really thinking about healthy products. But with that said, they've worked hard in the sodium and other trans fats, you know, to make it more attractive to people that might not be our consumer. But you got to know about the 11 herbs and spices, right? Locked up in a recipe, secret vault, all that. It is. Believe it or not, <laughs> it really is. And uh, that's what's unique to the brand. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a neat brand. It's a lot of heritage there. You know, I, I know some franchisees that have been with the brand 50 years and, you know, they've passed it down to, you know, either folks that are close to them or their family. Whereas Taco Bell, it is a heritage brand, but it doesn't have the the history that the Colonel does. So it's a neat brand, to say the least. You're listening to Buffalo Means Business here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Our guest, Dale Moulton, who is Director of Operations for Barrett TB Incorporated and BBG North LLC. They represent a number, a great number of the Taco Bells and KFCs that are spread across the region. And you mentioned earlier that uh, a couple of these, the Taco Bell KFCs, are actually side by side. What is the thinking behind the synergy there, putting those two together? Well, when when young brands, uh, when they formed after Pepsi did their spinoff, you know, they were into co-branding. So you could take, you know, it was all about location, about leveraging properties and be able to put two brands under one roof with that said it takes a special person to be able to do that because you've got two brands with two sets of standards and systems that you have to put in place because it is very regimented so you know they did that with a number of uh they brought long john silvers and a and w um some of those business models just didn't work and to be quite honest with with the way that the industry's gone today you don't really have to do that anymore because people really want both brands. So the company now has positioned it as, look, we're not going to do that so much unless it's in a, in a situation that, you know, you, it's the only way it's going to work to have those brands is to do a, a dual concept. But today they, they prefer to do freestanding units of, of each brand. Pizza Hut's a great example. They're, they're moving to Delco's. You know, they don't have the footprint here in Buffalo that they did. Although they're, they're still here and they're relevant. Um, you know, they're another iconic brand that's been around for quite some time. And when it get, gets right down to it, uh, a lot of it has to do with customer service, why you would maybe be a repeat customer at a place. So to that end, the employees are very important. How much input do you have with that part of it? Or is it kind of left up to who's in, uh, operating an individual restaurant? Well, I'll tell you, there was a time where I may not have been so involved in the customer service aspect or per se what the employees and how they impact that. You know, clearly today with so many different choices, if you don't have great employees taking care of your customers, they're not going to come back. 
But with that said, you know, we have we have well over a million dollar per store averages. And when you think about uh, what it takes to be able to do that and the number of transactions, so we're doing something right. Obviously, I think anybody out there in this industry understands the importance of good people and how valuable they are. And we spend a lot of time, energy, and effort to make sure that the folks that work for us are taken care of. Yeah, uh, to that end, of course, uh, minimum wage going up. And what impact does that have, positively, negatively, or marginal? I've been doing this for 35 years, and certainly there was a time where our industry was somewhere where people would go to learn how to how to do a job, how to... Was entry level. It was something that you know it may have been your first job and helped you get through high school and into college, and it's not like that today. You know this this uh, again. It's very service oriented. The industries that are that are in Western New York, uh, you know. So certainly with the minimum wage moving, it's been a challenge uh, because we have to find a way to offset that. And we can't pass that all off to the customer. So that you know that means we have to have more productive employees. You know, right now in our industry in the state of New York, we're at 1175 within our category. Come January 1st, we'll be at 1275. And again, there's only so much you can do. You can always charge so much for a taco, so much for a piece of chicken. The consumer wants the product, but they're not going to overpay. So we have to find unique ways. Kiosks are coming. You know, other things that uh, the brands do that can automate things. And at the same point in time, not replace folks. Because we need, we need that human element because when someone has a problem, they need someone to take care of it. So the kiosk or the, the automation behind whatever mechanism it, it does doesn't have the human element that can help the customer. So it's like anything else. When ATMs went in for banks, if there's a problem, you still got to talk to somebody. So there has to be there has to be somebody there that cares enough to take care of the problem. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the automated portion because I had this experience uh, recently at another fast food restaurant. And... You literally had to put in an order on a screen, and there were really no instructions for how to do this using the screen, except for whoever was behind the counter just literally taking a piece of paper to fulfill your order, when it seems to me it would still be more efficient to just walk up to the counter, ask for the food to be prepared for you, and then get it. Well, that that goes hand in hand with how do you offset the cost of labor? You know, at one point in time, labor wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the highest expense you had in the restaurant. Typically, it, may, it was food. The food was the highest expense, along with the utilities or whatever debt service you carried. But today, our number one expense is labor. So, you know, again, McDonald's has done a wonderful job with kiosks, and, and Young Brands is right behind them. But when you go into McDonald's, it, it takes you step by step by step, you know. So when you order an item... It asks you if you want, if it's a special item or if you minus tomato, minus ketchup, whatever the case is. So they've done it. They've done a wonderful job ensuring that when their customer gets to that kiosk, that they have the ability to make those decisions. So when they get their product, there isn't any issues. And that's the key when you think about it, because if you're going to if you're going to move away from that human element at the restaurant counter, you've got to have you have, you have to have a vehicle. that's going to get the customer there so they're satisfied when they leave. They got the brand promise. They got what they paid for. And other things, uh, speaking of things new, uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, things like that, uh, positive changes for you guys? You know, I'll tell you, we just started Grubhub, Uber Eats, and all those platforms in our restaurants here. And it really, I, I'm surprised because there's, there is an upcharge for the service. And, you know, it's a $15 minimum order, and they, they there's a tag along with that. But I'll tell you, over here at our UB restaurant by UB, we large we, we probably have about right now about 20 percent of our orders are being filled by grubhub 
So it's another layer of sales that we wouldn't have expected that it's nice because, you know, but you don't really know yet how many of those customers actually would have come to our restaurants versus, you know, customers that wouldn't but will now because they can get it out. You know, young people today take advantage of those things. So, you know, they want it now, but then, you know, when they want it. So it's it's another, it's just another layer of sales that, that helps. Yeah, I, hard to foresee, but uh, what do you ex- have as far as expectations for how things may change in the future along along these lines? I mean, are, are we going to be like the Jetsons and literally you push a button in a wall and you get what you want? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I would tell you that I'm not sure if we'll see that in our lifetimes, but perhaps we will get to that point where it'll be it'll be just that. Uh, you know, I think the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry as a whole, there has to be human element to it because people want to interact with each other. Although I was listening, uh, I believe it was Bellavia the other day, and, and they were talking about how people are doing all their ordering online. And, you know, but there's some that still go to the store to have that experience. They'll go to the mall because that's what gets them in the, the holiday mood. So, you know, there's 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 no, you know, in our sector of the hospitality industry and the QSR industry, the fast food, um, certainly there's a, the, the experience is much different than going to Russell's. But with that said, people still enjoy to come into our restaurants and dine and uh, take in what we have to offer. Yeah, the quick grab-and-go concept, which sure. always works. Well, that you know, 65% of our sales goes through the drive through window. So people are on the go, you know, and it's very, it's very dynamic uh, when you think that 10 years ago, if you looked at the family of four and how many times they ate dinner at home versus how many times they ate it together today, there's a sharp contrast that, um, that, that just doesn't happen anymore. So I have two college-age daughters. I'll be honest, I can't remember the last time we all sat down and had dinner together. Hmm. Well... They got a couple of good choices, right? Taco Bell or uh, KFC for you, right? Dale, appreciate it. Very informative and uh, good to chat with you. Thank you so much, Randy. Dale Moulton, Director of Operations, Barrett TB Incorporated and BBG North LLC. They represent Taco Bells and KFCs here in the region. And you're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN.